the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Jablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our Theology Alive podcast. Good to be back with you guys. So we have a special episode today. Yes, so so like you know, we've tried to break apart our episodes. Uh, we have Tap on the Street, we introduce people on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our episodes where we're covering a worldview topic. Yep. Um, we've been looking at the life of worship. That's right. I'm mean, actually going to connect this episode a little bit with the life of worship. Mm-hmm. But we have an interview um, with our two newest interns at Central Baptist Church. Yep. Yep, this is exciting. So um, they were introduced to the church a couple of weeks ago, but maybe some of you um, missed that or, or, or something like that, or you would like to know a bit more about them. So we're interviewing them uh, today. Yes, yeah, so, so I want you to listen to their voices and try imagine what do they look like. And then you can go on our social media pages and you can see um, what they actually look like. And is it, is it what you thought in your mind? <laughs> However, this needs to be pointed out though, because one of them changed their looks Ooh. radically. So, I mean, uh, they might not even <laughs> recognize it. Like, okay. it's, it's not the same person yeah, anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we have with us Hannah and Daniel. That is Hannah Soul and Daniel Moe. So close. Soul Moe. Mm. Um, and this, this morning I found myself calling, what did I call them? Dana. Like, you know what? Why, why call this dream team with two separate right? names when I can just call them Dana? Dana. <laughs> anyway, welcome, welcome, Hannah. Welcome, welcome guys. Dana. <laughs> Dana. Daniel. <laughs> the bloopers begin. Maybe we'll start with Hannah. Um, Hannah, so please just introduce yourself to us. Who are you? Um, where are you from? And yeah, whatever else comes to mind. What's your favorite color? What toothpaste do you use? Um, Fast and Furious movie. Oh, see. That's okay. it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Go ahead, Hannah. Yeah, so like Jabu said, um, my name is Hannah. Toothpaste, man. You have to ask first if I brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. I think it's Sensodine last time I checked. <laughs> and yeah, I'm from the south of Johannesburg. Uh, I studied in Randburg for three, oh, three and a half years, four years. Um, and well, I took a gap year before all of that in England. And yeah, I've been in Joburg my whole life. And that's sort of where I grew up in the same church for 20, 20 odd years. Yeah. And now I'm here. 
cool Joe Berger Mr. Dan please introduce yourself to us same questions uh yo I'm a Colgate guy old and simple small town in KwaZulu Natal called Tugela Ferry. Um, yeah, I've been in Pretoria the last seven, eight years. Uh, took a while uh, studying theology at the University of Pretoria. And uh, spent two years on an attempted master's degree in theology. <laughs> it ended up being more like... Uh, two consecutive gap years but um <laughs> yeah that's that's my life sure yeah um now this is complete coincidence uh, but they both have connections to central mm. um hannah right. maybe you tell us a bit about what is your connection to central baptist church and by the way this is not why we got them actually um, we're looking for interns um, we asked a few different people yeah. um, and the Lord led us to Hannah and Daniel yeah. and later I found out that wait a minute these guys have deeper roots than I do here sure. at Central um, so it's totally Hannah. planned bro <laughs> <laughs> shh don't tell the people <laughs> Um, so my my dad and my mom were um, I think it was assistant pastors from uh 90, 90, I think, maybe to 1990, no, 1994, I don't know, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. They were here in 1994, my brother was born here, and then I think they moved to the next church in Port Chapston in 1996 or seven, something like that. Sure. So that is the connection. Yours, Dan? Uh, so I have three older sisters, um, and at some stage about, I guess, 10, 12 years ago, Two of them were coming to Central, and uh, Pastor Charles actually married one of them. Yeah. He officiated <laughs> the ceremony. He didn't marry them. <laughs> you know, they, they, they part of, you can see they're fitting well with all the bloopers, right? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Welcome to podcast. Welcome to podcast. That's... Uh, <laughs> Just to clarify, because Charles isn't married to Daniel's sister. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually married to Carol. I don't know. I, I think we're going to have to edit that out. I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's also a different connection because um, Hannah also has a connection with Isaac. Mm. Um, and yes. Isaac, how, how do you know Hannah? So, yeah, I was the youth pastor at Rosetta the Baptist, uh, where, where Hannah... Uh, was at and 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 her dad was my boss, <laughs> but yeah, that's how how I I met Hannah. It is it is great. Uh, she's very gifted. She's definitely gonna be uh, joining the the worship team. She plays guitar and sings. So does she um, know this or is? Oh, this is the first time I'm hearing. It's about just it. in the fine print of her contract. Oh. You know <laughs> that one line. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's that's how we we met, you know. And for those who don't know, Pastor Charles is also a product of Rosettenville. That's right, Baptist Church. So Rosettenville seems to be creeping into Central Baptist Church, <laughs> <laughs> which 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 is yeah. a good thing because we've only got got good stuff from them. Mm. Um, 
So, so maybe just share a bit about some of the ministry areas in the past where you've served in either a previous church or uh, maybe it was um, during your year in university or maybe your year um, at the BI. That's, that's Hannah. Um, what, what, what are some ministry um, experiences? What sort of ministry experiences do you have, if any? Rock, paper, scissors. Who goes first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to jiggy by that with that clock between rock, paper, scissors. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, okay. Um, yeah, so I grew up being serving the church um, mostly, I think, cons- consistently in worship team, mm. um, which I really enjoyed. Um, and you are fumbled through singing to playing guitar. And singing too. Yeah, it was great. Embarrassing in the beginning, but very great. <laughs> and then as I grew older, um, I get got involved with children's ministry. Um, kids are just awesome. Mm. And um, really, yeah, make life really interesting. And then youth ministry. Youth ministry started when I was um, out of school. And that, yeah, that was a ride. I had no idea what I was doing, especially when all the leaders just left. And there was all this youth. I still remember asking them, why do you come on Friday nights? Like, but they all just kept coming. And um, it was an incredible time. Um, and then COVID. Sure. So, yeah. And, and Central. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Dan? Um, Uh, yeah, so at my previous church, I uh, started in an unofficial capacity. I just did whatever was put on my plate, basically. That's a good job. Mm. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, but I, I transitioned into a more official capacity in student ministry. Um, again, just doing whatever's put on my plate. But um, specifically, I led a discipleship group um, for about eight weeks. The course was eight weeks, so I took a few people through that eight-week course. But uh, mainly in student ministry. You know, before Dan officially joined the team, uh, he still had that mentality of, man, whatever whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And Mm. I was like... Just you wait. It's <laughs> just you <laughs> wait and see. We do have whatever you want me to do, and there's a lot of that whatever you yep, want me to yep. do. I mean, I mean, uh, we for those that don't know, Daniel has now uh, taken over the um, media side, well, projection side mm. of things here at Arcadia. Uh, just a shout out to to Craig. I don't know if he listens or not, but Craig, thank you so much for many years of of service and leading that ministry. Um, but yeah, so um, Daniel has as and he's gifted at designing stuff. Mm. For those of you that don't know, our current logo of Theology yes. Alive podcast, Is Daniel that. was the one who who made it. So yeah. thanks for that, Dan. Yeah, so we got some gifted people here, man. We do, we do. Actually, really grateful. Been serving with them now. How long has it been? Two months. Two months. <laughs> three weeks. Three weeks with Hannah. A month and three weeks with Dan. 
Um, and it's been a joy. It's been a joy. I have to say it because we're on air, but. <laughs> 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 but no, it's been it's been really a joy, honestly. Um, maybe a, a different question. I mean, a lot of people don't have the answer off the top of their head. Some people are still trying to find out. So it's okay if you don't know what it is. Um, but do you know what your spiritual gift is? Maybe I'll ask Isaac first while you guys think. Isaac, do you know what your spiritual gift is? Yeah. Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let me just maybe qualify quickly. I, I do think that um, depending on, on what seasons you are, God gives you mm-hmm. in, in different um, manners. And But um, for in, in the I would say um, uh, intercession, um, uh, service, and um, uh, words of knowledge. Uh, that in the past has been like um, that. That has been at least the latest. <laughs> let's say check up on <laughs> sure. that. Uh, that in 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 my in my. Uh, ministry that get God has has gis- gifted me with, mm. so that that might might change, um, and and so um, maybe let me just qualify here. When I say words of knowledge, I saw some eyes growing, <laughs> going up. Um, the, it's it, it is that of uh, just applying biblical uh, concepts to day-to-day situations that's, mm. that's there's no like <laughs> real mystery there so i i just thought i needed to because <laughs> Jabba was looking at me like what is this guy <laughs> uh so yeah look we we need all of that mm. on the theology alive podcast because yeah. that's exactly what we try to do we try to take theology and make it alive yeah. in our day-to-day lives so we're glad that you have that gift um yeah, I'm glad you didn't say your spiritual gift is playing a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have have you guys? Has it come to mind anything? <laughs> well, I, I like Isaac. I haven't done it in. Uh, I mean, I think the last time I did it was maybe matric, mm. but at that season, um, it was intercession, mercy, and service. Mm. Um. Yeah, and I, I think maybe even one or two of them are still applicable right now, just based on my current situation. Mm. Sure. Then? <clears throat> um, prayer. Mm. Prayer, yeah. Um, I've found, I'm not saying I'm amazing at it or, you know, whatever, but I've found uh, you can have a conversation with someone and, you can plug in as much good theology as you want. Sure. But uh, if you pray with them and you, you pray the good theology, as it were, then it, it goes much, much further sometimes. Um, and it, it just provides a, pr- uh, <coughs> excuse me, a practical platform um, to like practice serving God with people. Um, and also uh, patience. Um, for those that work with Chubb will. <laughs> <laughs> Shot fired. <laughs> uh, can you switch off his mic? <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, 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 I'm kidding. But uh, in the bigger scheme of things, people really struggle through life. Um, and you need pa patience to walk with them on that journey. They don't change instantly. Um, often their struggles, they could cover years or it could even be a lifetime struggle. And um, that can be extremely frustrating when you trying to minister to someone and, <clears throat> excuse me, you want them to be free from that struggle, but it just carries on and on and on. And, um, you know, it just requires a lot of patience to, to stick with them um, in the light of, of God's patience that he's had with me. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What are yours, Jabu? I was hoping you wouldn't ask. I was thinking, ah, he's playing soccer, he's spiritual <laughs> <laughs> Um I think, I think, I'd like to think uh, one of my spiritual gifts is teaching um, in leadership. Um, sure. I think at least the two, um, it's hard to say both of them because both of them people can critique you immediately. <laughs> um, I just preached yeah. a sermon on Sunday, so mm, yeah. <laughs> might teaching might not be a strong point um, then I say leadership and then um, leading the two guys here so they could have said, eh, leadership um, so yeah I think, I think it's leadership yeah. um, and, sure. and teaching I definitely want to continue to grow in those two mm. things and grow as I use them um, so yeah I think uh, it's really good to try find out what your spiritual gift is because yeah. God yeah. has given us these gifts to mm. use in the local church to edify yeah. uh, the body uh, of Christ. And and it's it's important because um, uh, the Bible says in terms of believers, every single believer, um, you know, God has gifted in some way mm. for the edification of of the body. And sure. and so if you're not uh, playing your part, you know the body is lacking that yeah. that you're not putting into yeah. into practice whatever that gift may may be. Sure, and if you want to serve well in that gift, look up and don't look sideways. Because sometimes mm. I want to say, ah, yeah. oh, but oh, mm. I really want to uh, use my gift like Isaac uses mm. his gift. Or mm. I want to have the same gift that yeah. uh, Carsten or Hannah or Daniel has, mm. and we end up not using the gift at all. Mm. Um, and yet God has gifted us yep. differently. Um, and for the very reason, as you have hands and you have feet, they mm. have different functions, but are all vitally important to the body. Yeah. Um, so yeah. even if you are a thumb, mm. we need that thumb yeah. for the edification of yeah. the body of Christ. Just a quick side note. I was just checking. The ESV uses utterance of knowledge instead of Ooh. words of knowledge. Just, just so like people oh. want to check oh. out, oh. check me out that <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just blurting out random <laughs> stuff here. <laughs> Okay. Why does it sound like uh, you were nervous? I, that it's I not was you. nervous. Like, wait, wait, is that, <laughs> is that a spiritual gift? <laughs> was that was that right? Yeah. So, so as I said in the beginning, we are we we sort of gonna merge our our topic or our theme with this, with this afternoon's episode, um, and we've been looking at a life of worship. Our last episode was um, a life of worship in the workplace. Um, and and now we, we, we want to sort of touch a little bit about um, a life of worship among young people, um, specifically millennials. Um, I think that's the famous term. Uh, we could even add Gen Z as well because Gen Z is also sort of taken over. 
Um, but that's just the whole bracket of young people. What does a life of worship um, look like to a young person? Um, so even even as as I think about that, I, my mind just goes to uh, Dan's testimony. Um, I've heard it so many times, so I'm going to share it for him. <laughs> I'm kidding. But but there's a bit in his testimony where he talks about growing up in a Christian home um, where he was sheltered and he was loved and he was raised with godly biblical standards. Um, and then he went to varsity. Um, and I think for lack of a better expression, all hell broke loose. <laughs> um, what, what were you introduced to when you went to varsity? What was the, the, the culture or uh, just... What did it look like to meet other people your age, younger or older, your generation? What was their lifestyle like compared to what you knew at home as you were trained and instructed in the ways of the Lord? Um, to Just to provide some like background, um, growing up, if we were to like make categories of Christians, I, I would say growing up, I was only exposed to one category. And that was like very conservative Christianity. Um, so when I got to varsity, it was, it was almost a, a shock or a surprise to me to see people claiming to be Christian and yet sex, drugs, alcohol, all these things were a norm in their lives. Um, so I, I, I battled with that. I don't want to blame them for my shortcomings in life. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that did influence me. Um, and if I sort of look back my first year, I would say I, I did a good job at sticking to my conservative values. And then second year, third year, it sort of got chipped away more and more. Um, just by my surroundings and by my lack of, uh, you could say, zeal. Yeah. Sure. What about you? And I think um, a bit of a bit of your context um, was you went to England for a bit, um, and just thinking about your season throughout high school, I think you had. Um, just a, a bit of a, a harder season in high school as you just thought around your own identity as you tried to uh, mingle amongst other teenagers growing up as a PK, um, taught the principles of God from home, but then at school no one is living out the things that you taught at home. Um, what What is that conflict like for you, just trying to navigate just life with these different realities and then also going to England and being introduced to a completely different culture. And um, what did that look like for you? Well, I think it was challenging because at school, um, during high school, um, you were stripped of your identity or mm. you were told you had to be somebody, but no one cared. Um, you would walk past someone and they didn't even... Um, acknowledge your existence yeah. everyone was very individualistic um didn't i mean yeah they didn't care about each other and i think then i'd come out of that and i'd come home and there was conflict because i had a loving family but the love just didn't filter in um and then at a church it was just a difference the, the different environments i just couldn't um uh, it just didn't click in my mind yeah. Um, and then when God took me out of that whole 
all of those contexts in one shot um, overnight and took me overseas. Um, the chair, it wasn't the normal background that I'd had. It wasn't Baptist. It wasn't conservative. Um, it was um, it was more Anglican, charismatic. Um, but it it was it, they just I just saw Jesus in a whole different way that I'd never known before. And I can now decide that if I wanted this God, um, I could have Him, or I could just have Him as knowledge. Mm. Um, but He could be actually. Um, have a real relationship with him, and I think at, in in England it was me knowing that it's okay to be human. Sure. I think in high school, um, maybe it's a PK as well. You have that um, projected perfection mm. uh, that maybe they don't tell you at church, but they, they um, the church service is a perfect environment for an hour on Sunday. Mm. So unless maybe you're part of a Bible study, you don't always see people in a different. Um, you don't see, um, yeah, the human, the humanity of people. Because mm-hmm. you just see them walking up on stage and then coming down, and it's all in a in a schedule. So I think going to England, I met people that were that reminded me of the humanity of Christ, mm-hmm. and 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 that He's made me human, a sinful person. That I am sinful because of the fall, and and yet Christ redeemed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. If I can ask. Um, of you guys uh, to um, maybe yeah, in light of your experience um, um, and uh, what what would you say to some of the millennials that are going through exactly that uh, right now in you know in, in universities uh, when the with the question of, of, of identities and um, and and all of the, and grasping with maybe some of them also grew up in the church and things like that. What what would you say to them? Um. So what what what's expected of you when you get to university? And this was sort of expected of of me from all sides. <clears throat> Excuse me was was sin um sex is a norm um alcohol is a norm and this is expected of you whether you go to church or not it's just considered a part of life and um i think a lot of people get to that stage in life at university and they think this is just what it is this is just what i've I've got to do for the next few years and for some people it becomes a lifestyle and they never break out of it um, for some people thankfully they, they do just leave it at university but um, as a Christian I, I would uh, appeal to those people um, and even plead with them that not not to fall for that um, you, you don't you don't need that. You really don't need it. And when you when you share your testimony, you don't have to have those experiences in mm. life. It's not a lesser testimony if mm. you never had sex. It's not a lesser testimony if you were never drunk. Um, so yeah, try and I know maturity isn't always there for us in our youth. 
but um, try and then hold on to what you grew up with mm. if if you grew up in that environment and try and find a good church. Um, I, looking back at my university years, I think easily my worst times in terms of sin were the times where I wasn't involved in a church. Um, even if you're not being held accountable, like someone asking you, did you do this this week? Just being around people, it it, it holds you accountable. It, it reminds you of the faith you have. It reminds you of the principles you hold to. So, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add, Hannah? <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd also build on Dan's. And in a way, I would kind of disagree. uh, Not disagree, but going to church isn't enough. Um, Because I know I went to church all the time, but no one could see who I really was. I was a totally different person. Um, And I think I want to add that the, how do I put it? The, The things you do now matter. Um, the, the habits you build um, um, in university, they don't just go away overnight. Mm. You, you, you finish university and, and then life happens and, sure. and you still have these habits that you use to deal with stress or use to deal with whatever your loss of identity or low self-esteem and they follow you mm. and, and, it, and now you have to deal with them. Um, so I, I'd encourage whoever's listening to really... Um, think about um, your f- the real freedom in Jesus, what that looks like, and 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 what his the fact that he died and the fact that you are completely free from sin, but you still need to work at surrendering um, these habits to him, mm-hmm. um, and work at your salvation. And then also I um, I'd also add another thing that you can have full life in in Jesus mm-hmm. because I. I I mean, you don't just have to survive. I'm going to uni can be hard, like mentally, um, but you can have full, full, full life in him. Mm. Sure. You know, just even listening to a lot of the things that you bring it up, I feel like the church has, has sort of been found looking to try find solutions. Um, how... How can we reach millennials? How can we reach millennials? These guys are, I mean, we, we hear of all the things happening on the campuses. We, uh, we hear of, of all the things happening in, in schools. And we see kids. We see university students. We, we know what this culture is capable of teaching um, our, our children and even our varsity students. Um, and and in, in our approach, I think Isaac said it in his last sermon, um, that there is a wrong way to do ministry. <laughs> um, and and I, th- I think that there are many times where the church tries, I don't know if the word is too hard, to look like the world in order to draw in um, the millennials or Gen Z. Um, Isaac, well, maybe from your own experience, what what are some mistakes that you've seen the church do in trying to reach uh, millennials or Gen Z? Yeah, so... And and here I'm, I'm gonna just talk in, in general. I'm not talking specifically of of central. Um, I that's, and, <laughs> that's a good disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually read a, a book um, when I was in youth ministry two years ago, three years ago, 
um, uh, called uh, um, "You Lost Me," and it was the the president of the Barna Group that deal with statistics. And yeah, it was mainly the states, but giving why are some of the millennials why are so many millennials leaving leaving the church mm-hmm. and i don't remember all of them but <laughs> but <laughs> um let me just mention a couple and 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 some of that i have actually seen mm-hmm. um one is uh, uh lowering um lowering the standard of of the gospel or watering mm-hmm. down the gospel in in terms of um, thinking that they're not ready to mm. talk about deep theology, they're not ready to talk. Um, and, and someone put it this way: <laughs> um, we expect them to go to college and and learn physics and trigonometry and deep concepts, <laughs> and somehow when when it comes to the church. No, they they dumb to learn this. Stuff. <laughs> let's not sure. let's not dump them with with big theological sure. stuff, and that that's that's a mistake. That's a mm. a bad way to go at it, sure. um, because in a sense it is um, when it comes to the big questions that they are asking, uh, what the answer is is just like no, don't don't worry about that, and kind of not facing the challenge head on which leads me to the other point that sometimes the church has failed in being authentically vocal in terms of addressing um the big questions or the the, you know um being boldly and and proclaim boldly what what the church uh in what the Bible stands for, um, unapologetically, but giving reason. Um, you know, many Christians don't feel equipped in in facing the arguments for pro LGBT or abortion or sure. or anything like that. And and it's not that they don't know that those things are wrong, but again, the 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 reason why. Is wrong, or the, some of the more articulate, deep theological meanings for why it's wrong, they they don't know, sure. and and it's like at the moment a philosophy professor challenges one of those arguments, it crashes, the, it, crashes yeah. it crashes their faith, um, and and the other thing is is just in terms of um, you know uh, authenticity. Um, sure. um, not not trying to to fake. Um, uh, I, I I was just hearing a hearing a discussion, and millennials see right through. Yeah. <laughs> the moment you start faking something, um, uh, and that's not real, and and maybe you're not walking the talk, they they see right uh, through it. Um, and 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 it's something that 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 generation millennials have been pushing the church in terms of hey, um, it, it gotta be you know kind of authentic and mm-hmm. and um, so I think those are some of the the things that um, the church could do better in in terms of of reaching. L- let me just mention one more. Sorry, 
Um, and that is, what? I, I, I'm, I'm not supposed <laughs> to be answering. I mean, <laughs> this was interviewing them, but anyways. Um, and that is uh, intergenerational relationships. Yeah. Um, the, the research has found that those that have connections outside of their age stays, mm. stay in the church. Um, and, and, and that is a, a big, um, um, from both sides, I would say, from the older folks and the younger folk to, um, to, to get together and, and enjoy some fellowship in Christ um, that that helps the millennials to to stay in church. Yeah. You know, it's amazing you say that because, excuse me, but millennials um, really thrive off authentic and genuine relationships, mm. that genuine fellowship. Yeah. Um, and and even our new student ministry model is built on relationships. If you want to mm. build relationships with students to build ground for for um, sharing the gospel. Um, but I've also found that sometimes a lot of the churches try to feed into the already growing consumeristic mentality of students and just try to feed that, hoping that more of them will come. Sure. So keep trying to be trendy. <laughs> Sm- programs yeah. And, yeah. and bringing smoke machines. And, 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 and the danger with that is, man, we live in a microwave generation. What's yeah, here yeah, today yeah. is gone tomorrow. Right. It's quickly here and it's quickly gone. Yeah. Um, you can get whatever you want instantly. Mm. Um, instant messaging, um, instant gratification. Mm. If if you, anything, man, if you just take out your phone, you can get it. Mm. Um, and even something, so just think about this, right? Think about how uh, taste of music is ever-changing. Mm. In the past, millennials were listening to either What's Hot in the Day but now you find more. No, no, no. I love soul. I love Aretha Franklin. I'm like what? <laughs> you weren't even alive when she was singing. But there's just that sense of no. Let's go back. Easiest mm. one is fashion. Today it's skinny jeans and a baggy top. And as soon as Isaac, you buy your skinny jean and baggy top, <laughs> no, it has changed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Way. I'm not one of those worship leaders. I'm not one. <laughs> And as as soon as you get your skinny jean and baggy top, it has now shifted to baggy jeans and a crop top. Um, last year it was it was smoke machines and and lights. Now it's coffee shop and lo-fi music. Sure. So it's constantly changing. And as soon as as soon as you think you you on it, you're already stale. Um, you try catch on with the language. You still saying, "Hey, what's cracker lacking?" And they're like, "What?" Because it's already new what lingo. Is that? <laughs> 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 exactly. Um, I, I think I think that there, 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 there is there is a danger in churches feeding what's already growing in terms of a consumeristic mm. mentality. Mm. We need yeah. to stay authentically true to what the gospel is. Right. Um, so just a few things to get us towards the end here to sort of just channel our conversation. So to minister to millennials, we need to remember that religion is no longer mandatory. Mm. I think in a stage where I think when, yeah, we most in similar generation, when we were growing up, church was, even if you weren't a believer, church nice. was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you had to, you had to go to church whether you mm. believed in Jesus or not. Sunday, you knew Sunday was church day. But now this generation is more like, I don't have to go to church. We're finding more and more, uh, even believing parents coming to church without their children. And you ask them, hey, where's your child? No, he doesn't want to come today. 
that is becoming more and more of a norm where it's no longer a must to go to church. In fact, the concept of religion as well seems to be fading away. Um, I, I got a, a, a quote here from an article. In fact, it's a paragraph from an article. And it says, give me an example on this idea. Uh, being a religious professional, it's a pastor, minister, youth worker, whatever, means a lot less than it used to. Millennials don't feel the need to wait for a pastor to tell them the best reading of a verse. What does a seminary degree count for when you can just Google anything yourself? Mm. What's more if you don't like what your pastor says? You can look up alternatives in the middle of the sermon on your phone, which you probably know how to use better than he does. Indeed, millennials' uh, greater aptitude for technology has also helped shift the locus of authority from age to youth kids teach their grandparents to use gear they navigate as second nature the older need the younger more than the younger believe they need the older and they don't see any irony about publishing (laughs) memoirs in their 20s (laughs) so so there is that uh, Mm. idea and and we fall into the way like no let's create a student-only church because students don't like old people and old people don't need to be around students. That's what you were talking about. In yeah. fact, they need to be around each other. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's true. And, and it is the way that God uh, designed for, for the church to, to thrive and to be, and that is in a, a kind of a family setting and, and uh, intergenerational. Titus will say, Older woman disciple the younger uh, woman, uh, you know, and and so that uh, at a church that is is just students uh, won't won't go far. Sure. Uh, maybe a question for for all three of you: um, Have you seen? And I'll say a statement first. Um, millennials are always looking for new causes to fight for. Um, have you seen this statement true? amongst millennials or gen z's that you know of they're always looking for the the next cause for example millennials either fight for blm lgbtq plus feminism women's rights to abortion free education decolonizing religion in south africa save the environment there's there's always a new cause that easily grabs students um, have you been exposed to any of this during your time? Maybe specifically you, Dan, during your time um, here at Tux. Uh, most definitely, most definitely. There was a stage where I was also uh, fighting for free education. Mm. You probably wouldn't recognize me. I had a funny haircut. But I, I, was, <laughs> I was there at the union buildings. Um, but yeah, definitely. I'd say the young mind... Um, does seek purpose in life, and uh, they hold on to that. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if it, the church is at fault for not communicating the purpose in Christ well enough. Um, but but yeah, yeah, they they're definitely searching for purpose. They just don't see it in the church or in Christ. I also think, I don't know, I haven't been involved yet, but 
I would assume in the way that I, I see sometimes the news or see like when uh, those kind of act there's a certain thrill of <laughs> of you know um, fighting for for a, a cause you know and I think I think that that grabs me and I think the word you use and uh, purpose it's uh, yeah I think that that's really nails it um, they 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 mm, in, in many ways, uh, you know, what, what Hannah was talking about in terms of finding their identity. This yeah. is a tangible, yes, um, yes, 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 yes. A tangible goal and, sure. and force and, and drive and you fight the power and, <laughs> sure. and you know, and this is like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing or contributing to something. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah, you're part of something bigger than yourself. Mm. So you, you always... Students, you always want to be part of a family. You want to be part of a group. You want to be known. So anyway, um, no matter if it's uh, a dead end, it's just even better. Um, you can be part of it. And before people start shooting us down, um, we're going to talk about if this is right or wrong. In fact, you can go listen to our episode on ethics uh, mm. on these different things. Yeah. Um, but just the idea was a cause. People are looking for a cause yeah, to fight yeah. for. And these causes are currently on the table um, that students are currently fighting for. But but because of these causes, I've come to realize that there's a greater desire for humanism and a, and a religion that feeds that. Sure. Um, here's a definition of what humanism is. It's an outlook or system of thought attaching prime importance to human rather than divine or supernatural matters. Mm. Humanistic beliefs stress the potential value and goodness of human beings, emphasize common human needs, and seek solely um, rational ways of solving human problems. Mm. Um, and, and we've seen it as well yeah. where a lot of people are looking for um, progressive Christianity, or are looking mm. for, um, I've heard a lot of people say that the Bible is not relevant because it doesn't directly tackle the issues that we're facing today. Mm. Um, and, and that's why I want to now transition us to the last topic of discussion on this idea is we need to be unashamedly or unapologetically preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Because it's within the gospel that we have the solutions to these many issues. You know the the irony in in the humanist view is that um, it starts from human from a human perspective and and it's uh, again in human ways you will solve whatever problem there is, which fails to. Uh, as, analyze the situation correctly in understanding that humans are the problem <laughs> that sin is at the core of the problem and that it, it's only the gospel of Jesus Christ that can redeem uh, humanity and so uh, even if you identify you know a whole bunch of problems um, uh, you still looking for the source of uh, solution in the wrong place yeah. in, in humans <laughs> sure. yeah. I remember I, I used to struggle a lot with back pain um, I had a whole season where I was bedridden uh, just because my back was in a bad state I went to a, 
GP, a general practitioner. Um, and he said, look, there's swelling really close to your spine. You need to be careful um, and just rest. Um, but I remember that because of the, the swelling on my back or because of the pain that I had in my back, my foot was swelling. So I was like, oh, this is really strange. So I went to a GP and the GP just gave me painkillers. Uh, didn't help. So then I went to a foot doctor. Uh, I forgot what they're called now, but <laughs> I was going to, I almost said pediatrician. I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't say it, but I went to a foot doctor and the foot doctor said, um, actually, no, it's not your foot. Um, it's actually your back. Um, and because of something affecting your nerves, um, it's just pointing to your back. And then I eventually went to a physio, and that's where I actually got help. Um, I was given exercises to do. Um, I was given, um, they strapped me up with uh, some form of tape, which has medication on my back. Um, and in about a week or two, I was moving again. Not freely, but I was moving. You see, what I learned from that experience is, when I went to the GP, um, his diagnosis was wrong. So his prescription was wrong. Sure. Um, I went to the, the foot specialist and he said, I can't diagnose you because your issue isn't your foot. Your issue is your back. And it was only the physio who could give me the right diagnosis, which led to the right prescription. If we diagnose the problem of the world wrong, we're going to be giving the wrong prescription. And that's why it's important oops, that we understand that the Bible reveals to us what is actually wrong with the world. The Bible reveals to us uh, what will happen to those who do wrong in the world and what will happen to this world that has been affected by wrong. And wrong, I mean sin. The Bible is the only thing that gives us the solution to the problem of evil in this world. And the Bible is the only book that gives us a lens on how we are to live on this age. We do not need any other analytical tool to scrutinize the world we live in because we've been given the Bible, which is to be the worldview of all who believe in the creator of the universe. I want to quote, maybe some millennials will recognize this. <laughs> Uh, from a song from Timothy Brindle um, called I'm the Problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, man, it's it's really good, but uh, just part of it. Uh, and it's talking about, you know, I'm the problem. My heart's sick as a leper. My biggest dilemmas, my sin in the center of me. I'm the problem. Yo, I'm stubborn and stiff-necked, loving what's wicked, the judge I don't respect, because I'm the problem. It can't be solved by modern psychology, and no, our problem is not the economy or stopping the poverty. It's that often we want to be God in our awful autonomy. It's not my health or my loss of wealth, but rather than my favorite, favorite God is self. My problem is me and my idolatry and my folly to not see Christ as all I need. Sure. Yeah. Maybe any final thoughts from our interns before I close this off with Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. <laughs> what he said. 
Um, just to add my two cents, um, Costin will edit it out if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just, just to rewind a little bit, um, we talked about uh, how the church could be more authentic. Um, and just going back to gospel or the gospel and keeping the gospel at the center, um, we could do everything perfectly as a church. Um, we really could. But if one person came, they come by the grace of God. It's not because we did everything perfectly. Um, Preach. Where's, where's that preacher <laughs> bell? We've been looking for the... That <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> the organ. <laughs> um, could I be better equipped? Could we be better equipped? Could we do better? Most definitely. Um, but I, I see the world to be in decline. Um, and my understanding of eschatology is that the world will continue to decline and will reject the church more and more and more. Um, so it's, it's not really a, a surprise to me that people don't want to come to church. Yeah, Like I said, we can do better. We can keep the gospel at the center. We can try and be more authentic with millennials, but um, there's only so much we could do. Yeah, if, if no one comes, it's not because we did everything wrong. Um, it's just the way the world is today. Yeah. But I think the, the, the hope that we have um, is that in spite of human weaknesses, Christ will build his church mm-hmm. and the gates of hell will not prevail against yeah. the, the church is never going to end. It's yeah. never going to stop because yeah. ultimately it's dependent on, on Christ himself. Mm. Yeah. Christ will not lose even one mm. of those that God has given mm. to his care. Mm. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1. Remember, oh man, I know you're in a KJV. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you failing me? Because yes, <laughs> oh. uh, come on, thou, the, <laughs> we, they. We're talking about millennials <laughs> here, bro. See now. <laughs> That's a good point. Just, but but the <laughs> the KJV actually says, "Remember now, thine creator." Sure. Um, and the ESV just says, remember also your creator. So I want to add the now. Remember mm. now mm. your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Um, and then he goes on to explain how death is inevitable and aging is inevitable. Mm. Uh, but now when you still have the strength of your youth, worship God and live mm. a life of worship. Amen. So it was good to have you, Hannah. It was good to have you, Dan. Yeah, uh, hopefully thanks, we can have you guys on again for a completely separate topic um, <laughs> and just break bread. I think I uh, hope this episode was a blessing to everyone listening. Um, and from me, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. We live in a day where we think that in order to be relevant to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be
be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. We are relevant not because we are like our culture, we are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power not because it is acceptable to carnal men, our gospel has power because it is a scandal to men. Thank you for joining the Theology Alive podcast. Please subscribe and share. Later. They talk about my car. What's the deal? So the beer is shaking. <laughs> <laughs>